0: You don't have to wait until people know your name or wait till you think you've got it perfect. You'll never have it perfect. You just have to jump in sometimes with as much knowledge as you have and go from there. And hopefully most of the things you do will be successful versus, you know, the lessons. But, you know, it's okay to have a few bruises along the way. <laughs> possibilities, the zone.
1: I'm your host, Anna Malikian. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at Mindset.Zone. Today, we
2: have a repeat guest. I interviewed Debbie about two months ago where we spoke about her book, Success is Easy. That really is about her story of being an entrepreneur from young age of 19 and now she always kept a, a learning attitude and really build their way to success and when i was researching for the interview i learned that she was in the our stern show and she rocked it so I decided to invite her back here because I think it's fascinating to go a little bit into the mindset that she had to work and go through to be able to pull that one out. Because I don't know if everybody that is listening is familiar with the Howard Stern show in the eight days was one of the biggest radio shows here in the United States. And honestly, when I was living in Europe, I had a very, very negative image of it. I only knew it about the TV snippets that he also did from the show and was so sensationalist and... uh, outrageous and only when I moved to the United States back in 2003 <laughs> that I got um, I got married I moved here and my husband was a fan of our stern and my sister-in-law too and then they explained to me the fascination that they had about him was his interviewing skills. He will take things out of people that nobody else will take. But he didn't have any issue also in um, put people on the spot. So his brave, I'd say, is a lot of eyeballs there, absolutely. And at the same time is a very uh, challenged situation. So with that set up, David, this was when you were promoting another one of your books, correct? Yes. Um, who would have thought, right?
0: Uh, I wanted it back then in the heyday of radio shows, you wanted to be on radio shows. Now we're on podcasts telling the story. So it's quite interesting years later to be asked to be on the podcast to tell the story. Which I've told many times, um, and never really felt that it was going to be much of anything when I I first uh, said yes to it. I just knew it was a challenge. I like challenges, um, and and like you said, it this is not a regular radio show. This is what you call kind of get the guests. Let's find a way to embarrass them. Um, get some outrageous something happening because that's the whole thing about the shock jock. You know that was his uh, brand. But you know here's the thing about the brand is that. People remembered it because he was so shocking. Um, yeah, he learned how to be an interviewer to get what he wanted from the show, uh, but he was also a really an amazing marketer. And people didn't realize that so much what a marketer he was I and mean, how much he really believed in what he was doing and, and knew that, you know, hey, would there would be listeners, there would be a career for him. And so before I tell you about that, I'll tell you about, you know, just knowing my own following for him. I You know, I'm not the kind of person that would listen to Howard Stern, but I actually saw a movie that he had created called Private Parts, and it was a story of his life and about how he kept getting fired over and over from every radio show because he was outrageous. And they're like, you can't do this. And then they would give him all these rules and he would break every single rule and he kept getting fired. But I said, you know, when I was on the show, I remember telling him early on, I said, you know, remember. Seeing that movie, and I thought, wow, you really believe in what you're doing. You had a wife, you had a child on the way, you kept getting fired from job after job, and you just kept going. And so for that, Howard, I really admire your tenacity, your outrageousness, and um, you know, thank you for having me on the show. But before this, let's go back a step. You know, I was writing this book called Confessions of Shameless Self-Promoters, and Howard's a great shameless self-promoter for sure, right? And one of the people that was in my book, his name was Bill Goss, and I met him um, on it through the um, National Speakers Association. I went to a chapter and I sat with him. This guy was so funny. I'm like, he is a blast. But you know, his story that he wrote was the luckiest unlucky man alive. That was his whole keynote story. So, okay, yeah, I like Billy's funny, but I don't want to hang out with him because you know. He's got like danger, right? Um, but then, when that opportunity came up, another uh, way that it came up actually is so another member of National Speakers Association, Raleigh Pinsky, who wrote a book called 101 Ways to Promote Yourself. So, I saw that she had promoted it in a, in a, a publication that would come out called Radio TV Inter- Interview Report. And so, I contacted Raleigh. I mean, this was great about having friends in the business, is like, You know, how that that worked for you? And she said, take out a half a page ad, let them write the copy. I know you're a marketer, but let them write the copy because they know what radio shows are looking for. And so I said, okay, so took her advice, took out, you know, three months and a half page ad, and they wrote the title, This Guest Can Make Anybody Shamelessly Successful. Love it. But I didn't like it because it wasn't like I'm going to make you, you know, you you know, you know, that kind of thing, it would be like, oh, that's really what it should have said. But here's what it really said. This guest can make anybody shamelessly famous. Okay. Mm -hmm. Famous versus successful, you know, famous. Okay. I didn't like that word, but I kept it in there. Right. So that's, you know, that's all, let's see how this goes. And I'm on every radio show I could be on. It was early days and I'm learning this. I'm on like, you know, two people showing up on a radio
2: show versus, you know, syndicated shows. So when I got the call, um, so so let's let's just go slow because yeah. there are so wonderful, good stuff here. The network, the tapping into the grid to make things work. So first of all, you did the book. You had that right. book that was Confessions of the Seamless Self-Promoter. You, uh, you had then the book, write the book, and now you were in promoting the book. You really knew that you had to walk your talk and you had to be out there. You right. And one of the places to be were radio shows and even show up in, in public cases that they will read for them to contact you because our Stern uh, producer e-contact you probably saw this ad.
0: Exactly. You don't write a book without promoting it. Right. And so back then, again, it was the radio shows. Now it's podcasts. And then again, you call out to people that that have supported you. So. Um, I believe also in having mentors. Here's another lesson is that you have to hire somebody as a coach or a mentor to help you through challenging things or things that you need to learn. And so I called up Bill Goss, you know, that I had met and I said, Hey, I remember you telling me you know, when we were interviewing your story in my book, Confessions of Shameless Stop Promoters, you said to me that you were on Howard Stern talking about one of your accidents. And you were on that show for over an hour, and it went in all kinds of directions. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know, whoa. And so I said, can I call you and
2: have you kind of coach me for this show? Because this isn't a typical radio show by any means. But, but this was after you got the call inviting you to the show, correct? Exactly. So like, who do you know? Like, ah, yeah, I said yes, but then
0: I'm scared. You know, actually, the call was I, I didn't even think it was real because it was uh, he says, this is Casey Armstrong from the Howard Stern Show. And uh, we heard about your book. You know, I want to have you on the show. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. What's your friend is? Practice, you know, doing a you. practical joke. I didn't believe him at first, you know. And they'd like, no, no. You know, and it's funny, I kept sending books, uh, not just one book, like a lot I, I would send a box of books and then they would disappear. And then mm-hmm. I'd like I'd call and like, you got the books? You know, and and um First, because I first sent the first book, it was gone. Then I sent a b- box of books. Then I think I sent another box of books, they were gone. So I'm like, okay, at least people are stealing them that, you know, in the studio or whatever, they're disappearing. I don't even know how I really even read it, but hey, it got me on the show, right? It got me there.
2: And uh, so that, uh, I like to break things in little pieces because I think we can absorb better. Uh, you had the book, you promote the book, put it all over there. You got this call, you got in their Radar. They they contact you. You said yes, and then there was the big but. Oh my gosh, what did I get into? And then it's when you tap into your network. Okay, if I'm going to go there, I will be as best prepared, and I will take the most out of the situation. That was your mindset.
0: Exactly, exactly. And um, you know, so Bill, this is what he told me. He said, "You don't want more than five minutes, or it's going to go in the wrong direction." Ooh.
2: Uh-huh. That was better, because that could be deceiving, because it's a big opportunity, a big audience, and you can think, oh, as much time, the better. But the, the you learn uh, your strategical No, maybe short, to the point, coming out alive and... <laughs> And in a good light, that will be the best strategy.
0: Yeah. Well, my main goal was keeping my clothes on and professionalism intact. <laughs> that was my number one goal. Um, my goal at the time was not to get a bestseller uh, book out of this. You know, he's not like Oprah's Book of the Month Club. You know, it's like this is Howard, right? Um, and, and so, you know, with that in mind, I actually I called Bill uh, every week every Monday at the same time for a whole month because I wasn't going to be on the show like in it, a month or two. Um, so we had the time to work on it. And, and I had my little, like little index cards, like, okay, we says this, say this kind of thing, you know, and you got to be sassy and you got to be on edge. You can't be too nice. <laughs> it's like typical, like being somebody completely different to fit into this narrative, right? So, basically. Um, and, and so you have to again the lesson there is be able to mold and tailor your message according to who you're speaking to whether it's a podcast, radio show, an audience, whatever it is, right? So it basically, is being just being really prepared in that way. And so when I got on that show, I knew that. Um, I had to really take control of this. Um, otherwise, it was going to be a bad situation. And <laughs> I wouldn't tell anybody I was ever on that show. Uh, so when I got on the show at first, he goes, hey, you, you know, it says here, you, this guest can make anybody shamelessly famous. And I'm like, yeah, I knew he was going to go to that, right? And it wasn't the thing I wrote. And so then he goes, well, I've never heard of you before. I said, Howard, I'm on your show, aren't I? Check mark number one. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, dang, right. And he's like, you know, trying to slap me around a little bit. Like I'm here, um, and then he's like, well, you know, I, you know, I know, sh- you know, shameless self promotion is good. People need to be promoting that. Um, you know, but you know, tell me you know, tell me why you're the person to write this. And then, you know, I told him some tips, but I made it funny. You know, I said, I gave him some funny stories from the book and how people can utilize it because you know, I believe everybody, should toot their own horn because I was like, who's going to do it if you don't do it. Right. And he, he, he agreed with that. And I remember that you know, they had three people on the show. They have a, a producer, they have Robin, who's still with them like all these years later, right? And, and it's a howler. And so they had been beating Robin up for like an hour before I got on the show because I'm listening. I, I had to like get up at you know, four o'clock in the morning to do this, you know, to get the show time. And I'm listening to this show and just like beating her up about all kinds of stuff. Like, oh, you don't know how to ride horses and you do this. And, and it's like, so By the time she got me on there, she's thinking, hey, I'm going to nail this chick. right?" And so she was like kind of attacking me. And then I found, you know, I realized that I started standing up for myself, that Howard started standing up for me. And he'd go like, well, let's just hear her out. Let's just, you know what I mean? And then he'd, then he'd ask another question. He'd kind of cut Robin off. And the other producer started, you know, messing around a little bit and, and with me. And then it was like, he, they realized they couldn't mess with me. This was not something they were used to doing. So they kind of got quiet. And then, you know, Howard got into, um, you know, asking me the questions and stuff. And I said, You know, I said, well, Howard, you are a shameless self-promoter. He goes, well, I'm not really. I don't have like the mugs and the t-shirts, like all these other guys that go out there and they're just outrageous. I don't do that way. I said, no, you do it in a completely different way. You do it in a way that is outrageous and that's your brand. And that's, you know, puts you out there for people to pay attention because it's so like, wow, nobody's doing this. It's shocking. I said, and I, and I said, I respect that you're a good marketer. And then I told him I saw the movie and respected him that way. I said, but here, Howard, I do not respect the way you treat women on your show. Wow. Yeah, I think you're very disrespectful for women. And you know, any, he, any, he, any, he just kind of got quiet. <laughs> it was like kind of crickets. And I thought well, he's going to hang up. I don't know. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, Yeah, okay. He's like kind of like, okay, let's brush that off. And then I said, Yeah, you promote a lot of other things. It probably shouldn't be promoted on there. And actually, like that morning he was promoting like drunken midgets like who you know you don't even you don't even use those words like very you know unthoughtful very you know rude and I brought it up like because then it was like hey I'm a listener I'm like paying attention here and so he just totally switched the interview and he said well you know I don't promote books on this this show like everybody knows like I don't promote books like Oprah does and I'm like oh my gosh that's what I was thinking. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't expect them to promote the book, but I got a little story about being sassy, you know? Um, and then he goes, but you know what? I really do believe that everybody's got to promote themselves because, I mean, if you don't do that, you're not going to get recognized. I don't care what you're doing. He, you know, went off on saying all that stuff about, about you know, shameless self-promotion and how it's done. And, you know, and, and what Debbie's here, she wrote the book and teaching you how to do it effectively so people do pay attention to you. And he goes, and I, I'm, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to promote this book. And he says wow. the name of the book, you know, confessions of shameless self promoters, go get it, go learn from this gal. She knows something about what, what this is all about and everybody needs to do it. And so, you know, within one hour uh, it went to bestseller um, and, wow. and, and on Amazon. Then I had another spike later in the day, like because when his show went from East coast to West coast, when it was in the, then was like, then his next spike came, went up. So it was like, people were like going on and buying it like instantly. So you know, the real lesson of this over everything was the power of the media. Um, you know, and the power of also just um saying yes to what makes you fearful, like you know, and and the power of preparing. The power of preparing. A lot of a lot of lessons in there, actually. Yes. For four and it, and it was like I was watching the clock. It was like four minutes. I'm like, oh gosh, I gotta wrap this up soon. And I know what I said to like kind of wrap this thing up. I think that's when he started promoting the book. And I said, Hey, it was fantastic, you know. Thanks for doing that or whatever. And and it wrapped up at about four and a half minutes. Wow. Um, But, you know, I was funny. I was sassy. I called him out. um, And that's how I got respect, which seems very (laughs) disrespectful. But in that case, it it, it really worked because, you know, anytime you show up for something, you have to like mold into the culture. Um, And, you know, I've learned that even, you know, traveling and speaking 28 countries, like you don't try and push your your agenda on somebody else in another country is the same thing like this. Like if you're um, you got you
2: got to fit the agenda to to really mold in with the group. And I love that, that, yes, it's doing the work, is fitting the agenda, knowing the culture and still preserving you. You are still
0: you. Right. Because I thought, what do I have to you know? And I think this is the biggest lesson I could tell anybody that's listening here is that, you know, what do you have to lose? Right. And, and the one thing I didn't want to lose is my, my personal respect and uh, be treated poorly or anything like that. So I knew I needed to stand up for myself. And I thought, what do I have to lose? I, you know, hey, I was on, on there. It's a, you know, it's a, you know, a few minutes out of my life. I didn't sell any books from it. That's yeah, the worst case scenario. And I, I never even considered best case scenario being like the easiest bestseller I've ever made in my life. Um, and that book, you know, here's the interesting thing about that book is, When I was writing that book, uh, it was actually my, was it my third book? It was actually my second book, actually. Yes, because actually I wrote it as a self-published book and then a major publisher picked it up, you know, after. So I went self-published, bestseller, you know, all of this. I I, mean, you know, I was just a marketer, right? It was like, what do I need to do to market this? Um, So second book was kind of similar to the first book. I interviewed people because I didn't think I was a good writer because in school I was really bad in English. And my English teacher told me, you're you're not even gonna graduate from high school if you don't pass this next next test. So in my mind, I didn't feel I was a good writer. So I only wrote the opening for the book and the starts for all of the chapters. When I did the revision of the book, um, I wrote more of my own voice in it, Uh, but it was quite interesting that it was everybody else's voice. And I can even share those, you know, sharing those stories uh, of some of the people that 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 shared, you know, you know their stories in the book because it was now, you know, collaboration. Um, and then another thing that happened with that, that is huge collaboration, the people that were in the book was, you know, Dan Kennedy, you know, I followed yes. in Marketing, Mark Victor Hansen, Joe Vitale, um, you know, all the top marketers that I had been following. And now they know me. And, uh, you know, in, fa- in fact, Dan Kennedy loved the book so much. He had bought hundreds of copies uh, of the book and gave it to all of his gold members. And he even asked me to come speak at his event. So, you know, getting on the Dan Kennedy stage back then was a, was a big deal too, but that all came from the book. And I think the guts of just somebody talking about what he believed in, I mean, everybody, all the great marketers, they believed in it. So they all kind yeah. of told their little edgy stories of you know how they got ahead, you know, uh, it, it was really interesting.
2: And now, how many books do you have published?
0: I'm working on my 10th now.
2: <laughs> wow, I, I love that. It's so I'd say, how can you keep, that is one of the things that I more admire about you, is that you uh, relentless keep learning and you keep evolving and you keep uh, uh, promoting and helping other people out there to really making a difference out there.
0: Yeah, I guess the relentless is a good word for it, right? But that's the, you know, that's a true entrepreneur me, make it happen no matter what happens. And I think that I grew up in a really scrappy environment in my 20s in business and worked in a, you know, in a car rental business where our number one clientele was like drug lords. Like, you know, and we're like turning, yeah you know, I'm 20 years, you know, it's in my 20s. I'm turning people down that are like, you know in involved in drugs and bad stuff. And they would rent cars and do drive by shootings. I mean, it was like a tough, tough thing. Um, And it was right outside of Gary, Indiana where we built this. Um, And so I think it taught me then like do whatever it takes, like go repossess that car, you know, and, and, you know, I'm lucky that you know nothing ever really nothing happened to me, but we were in pretty dangerous situations. But I mean, what a great way to grow up! Just like, hey, I've been scrappy since I've been a young age, so I'm not going to say no to very many things. And I think, you know, we we have to either learn it in our life, or we, you know, put a shell around us and say, I'm so afraid if something's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I think the best things that have come out of my life are things where I was I was gutsy or pushed the limits, or you know, something like this. I mean, I that created a whole career. I mean, I was so busy with that shameless self-promotion. I was speaking at retail, real estate, mortgage, uh, politics. Uh, I was a <laughs> keynote speaker at the Arizona Governor's <laughs> Conference. I mean, wow. talk about shameless self-promotion, right? I had no idea <laughs> how it would it would be so big. And, um, and I and really he, just wanted to create a book that was different than my retail because I wanted to move away from just my retail background.
2: And at the same time, because... Uh, Yes, you uh, always that learning attitude and always uh, 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 trying to make things happen and go for it. And sometimes I see that people uh, get a level of success like you got, and they they start to be afraid of trying something new. They start to be afraid of um, failing but mm-hmm. you you kept you keep going is, do you think that is that uh, open attitude always learning i mean
0: I, I think i did so many failures early on that it was like you know that's where my lessons came from because we were thrown into this business it was a family business my my father wasn't an entrepreneur and um, you know he created this business on top of you know doing the car rental, which went from five cars to 250 cars, to then building the first mini storage uh, business outside of the Chicago area there. I mean, we were like trendsetters without even knowing it. Um, and then having to figure out how to do it. We, we didn't take classes, we didn't have mentors, we just did it. And my dad really didn't wanna work the business. He liked to have the ideas. So it was up to me and my brother to like work the business and figure it out. And, you know, we, we, grew up together figuring out the business and we're both, you know, been entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs ever since, but we also learned what didn't work. I think my dad, you know, he, he had great ideas um, and I learned a lot of good things, but he was also made a lot of big mistakes and I would see him making them and go, Hmm. Don't do that. Mm. Right. You know, focus on your business and make it successful before you start three other businesses. Otherwise you're going to go through all your money. Like it was almost like a gambling thing for him Um, and focus on it. Don't go out and play and expect everybody else to run it. And uh, so, you know, just a ton of lessons that I learned by watching mistakes. I mean, I could have been, I took that same path and, and continue to fail all the time, or I could have taken a different path and said, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, okay. But, um, you know, now we read books and now we have mentors and coaches for that. But but, back then, that just wasn't the case. It was
2: grassroots, in the trenches, (laughs) figure it out. (laughs) And you keep inspiring. So where people can learn more about you? Uh, They can go to
0: DebbieAllen.com, D-E-B-B-I-E-A-L-L-E-N.com. And I can make anybody shamelessly famous. (laughs) <laughs> Not really, but successful. <laughs> yeah, yes. And, and that's so you can learn more about what I do now is expert positioning because I believe that everything is positioning. When I positioned myself to be on the Howard Stern Show, it was how I was going to position myself, how I was going to deliver. Everything is about positioning from your marketing to how you show up. And that's how people, you know, respect you in the world. How I positioned that book to connect with all those high level. Uh, speakers and experts who I could call out as a favor anytime because of the relationship I built but they didn't know my name they didn't know who yeah. I was and so you don't have to wait until people know your name or you know wait till you think you've got it perfect you'll never have it perfect you just have to jump in sometimes uh, with as much knowledge as you have and and, and go from there and uh, hopefully most of the things you do will be successful versus you know the lessons but you know, it's okay to have a few bruises along the way.
2: <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. So let's keep learning. Let's keep exploring and spending what's possible out there and making a difference. Thank you so much for being here.
0: My pleasure. It's fun sharing the story again. Thank you, Anna. Expanding possibilities. The mindset zone.
1: Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.